Hello and welcome to the Brand Nurture Podcast, the show that's all about expanding what's possible and building a brand and a life that you can't wait to wake up to. I'm your host, Emily Cecile, brand designer, marketing strategist, and here to encourage you to build a brand that allows you to share your passion while enabling you to live your life outside of it. Through marketing, branding, mindset and more, each week I'll be pulling back the curtain to provide sustainable strategies, inspiring insights and transformative tales to help you grow your brand, claim your dream life and realise that you are not alone in this journey. Grab a cup of coffee and join me as we explore what it takes to build a brand and a life that you love. This is the Brand Nurture Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Brand Nurture Podcast and today I am joined by the fantastic Marion Tan who is a brand designer, brand strategy educator and all around fantastic human being and today we will be chatting about how you can use a multi-sensory approach to truly connect with your audience on a much deeper level as well as how to leverage the power of AI without losing the human touch and personality that is really the driving force behind content these days. It is a fantastic conversation and I know you're going to love it too. So Marian Tan, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So before we dive into the world of branding, I thought we should start with a little bit of your journey. You know, you've worked in corporate and you founded Heart and Hone. I'd love you to tell everyone what, you know, how your journey started. Absolutely. Yeah. So I began my career at a corporate multinational as a brand assistant for their premium beauty category. And at that time, you know, I was fresh out of college, had just gotten my master's and that company was known to be one of the toughest to get into. So it really gave me a sense of pride knowing that I work in that company. And shortly after, unfortunately, I was exposed to how, I guess, manipulative and transactional the higher ups were in terms of growing their company you know like the marketing tactics that they employ despite having quote-unquote purpose as their biggest brand values and so I thought this isn't the type of company that I want to be growing or contributing to and certainly not the type of people that I want to be learning from so I left moved to an advertising agency where the nature of work was a bit more creative but I encountered you know the same thing I the brand that was assigned to me claimed that purpose was their governing value, but behind the scenes, you know, people were, were working 16-hour work days. And sometimes we would even stay up until, you know, like wee hours of the morning and have 24-hour work days for a pitch. And so come the pandemic, I stumbled upon the wonderful world of like online businesses and saw how all these early designers and studio owners were helping out fellow small business owners with their brands. And I thought that I could do that. You know, I know that I've always wanted to work with brands that were made for good, like truly made a difference. And in a way that's also in integrity with my values and lifestyle. And that's how Hard and Hone came to be. And now I serve entrepreneurs in the health and wellness space, passionate about supporting them verbally and visually articulate the value of their work by creating brand experiences that make their audience feel really safe and seen and understood so that's a quick backstory (laughs) I love that I'm also fellow advertising background so I'd love to know just before we dive into like the meat of our conversation today Mm -hmm. how do you think working at advertising kind of impacted how you um develop brands well first 
the nature of developing brands in an advertising industry, the culture is very dehumanizing. You know, like timelines are super tight. Like you are expected to churn out multiple concepts and presentations and storylines in a matter of like a day. And it's not like you're working on one brand, you work on multiple brands. So it's very exhausting. Like it's the perfect recipe for burnout. And it's like, it's like a highway to hell, basically, you know, when you build brands and then when you present it and client doesn't want it, it's not like you're given the time and space that you need, you know, as a creative to fix that. Like you're expected to churn out solutions right on the dot, just really like pleasing the brief, pleasing the company, pleasing that person who you're supposed to be helping, but you don't even know them personally, you know? So like, how could you tailor what you're proposing to what they're looking for if everything is very surface level and transactional? And I think that's the biggest difference from running your own business because everything is personalized. You know, like you have control over the type of people that you work with. So you know exactly what how like how they behave what their personalities are because that that says a lot about you know how you work as well and how the project will go and at the same time you have full control over your schedule and your time and you know exactly how much space you need to be able to come up with brands and concepts that are worth presenting and that you are proud of so I think that's the biggest difference like you could actually be a human being when you run your own business, you know, it's a more sustainable route versus being in a system that's like tough to change. That's a very apt answer for our conversation today, (laughs) because I know that we're going to be chatting about human-centered branding. So, you know, can you give the listeners a little glimpse of like what human-centered branding means to you and like why it's so crucial, like for right now? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that actually people have to classify that they create human-centered brands or, you know, people-driven brands because it should be expected, right? Like, obviously, of course, we're making brands that are for people. But I think nowadays, like, people don't take that into account anymore. Like, they're more for volume, speed, you know, just like really putting out content, growing their brands without really considering the human being behind the screen, you know? So I think what a human brand experience means, it's it's basically an experience that's deeply personal, like really taking into account the nuanced behavior of your audience and what it is that they truly desire. And what that means is that all of your brand touch points from the website experience or how you respond to them in the DMs or like when they open their products or packaging, it acknowledges, like as I mentioned, the human being behind the screen and not just customers with money or potential clients or consumers of your content, but actual people who have fears, doubts, hopes, aspirations. And these are really the things that you have to consider as a brand owner. So that's how would, how I would define a human-centered brand experience and why it's so important. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they develop a brand is that they don't go deep enough on the Mm. human side of things and the kind of like the target audience it's so easy to be surface level when you get to that point and it's something that a lot of people especially when they're developing their own brands kind of skim over because it can be you know you can be like oh you know I'm targeting females aged 20 to 40 you know that's perfect 
but like you said it's not it's so much more about figuring out and like truly understanding and empathizing towards like what their fears are what their desires are Um, whether you're providing a service or you're selling a product you're helping someone get to a version of themselves that they want to get to so it's really figuring out who that person is and what that version that they want to become is as well absolutely I love that I love what you said about like helping them them become a better version of themselves you know in some way I mean it's it's super quick it's super easy to just say okay I'm gonna target people who want to grow their Instagram account by 100,000 followers or people who want to get to six figures but like what are you taking into consideration you know in terms of their journey to getting there like who are they becoming and it takes a lot of time and effort to really dig deeper and like uncover those insights that would help you map out a plan for them and not a lot of people are willing to go through that to go through that rigorous process of really getting to know the human person yeah I think it's it's because it's not the it's not the shiny stuff is it it's not like the new exciting you know getting the visuals like that's the bit that everyone wants to like skip to but it's doing the deep work that makes a brand really resonant so absolutely a hundred percent yeah so as we spoke about you know now more than ever is the time where things are kind of tipping towards less human centric with the rise of AI and all that kind of thing you know a lot of businesses are starting to sound alike whether that's because they're using uh, (laughs) chat GPT to chat out content or (laughs) whatever it might be so you know what unique like challenges do you think the entrepreneurs are facing like right now when it comes to standing Mm -hmm. out online and like how does it affect their ability to connect with their audience authentically when using you know maybe tools that aren't so human (laughs) I'm going to echo what you said because like that's at the top of my head like the biggest challenge that people brand owners entrepreneurs face is losing their voice and their perspective unconsciously which is so unfortunate because you're not even aware that you're letting other people's opinions drown out what you truly believe in. You know, like sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not an exception to this. Like sometimes I would write in a certain way and I'm like, why does this sound so formulaic? Like, why does this sound like so forgettable? And like when I ca- catch myself in that moment, like I feel like I feel the ick because I know that it's not me, but it's like flowing out of me. But of course, I give myself grace because I consume a lot of content you know, in the online space a lot. But it really poses like a huge challenge to people, especially in a realm where or in an era where we all have the same, we all access the same resources, we all have access to the same tools. And these tools and resources sort of feed us the same thing, almost to a point where we don't even know our what our personal style is anymore. You know, like, it's the same reason why you see people wear the same clothes in the street or have the same intros in vlogs, or even the the same intonation when people speak. I don't know if you have experienced this, but for example, when I scroll on TikTok or Instagram, when people share educational content, there's a certain format, there's a certain tone, there's a certain rhythm to how they speak. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like the world is becoming so homogeneous that it almost feels like we're duplicates of one another, just different faces and different continents. And it's sad because it dilutes 
the uniqueness quirks and lived experiences of people you know like the variety in that and that is really the whole essence of what it means to be human you know like we're meant to be different we're meant to have different tastes we're meant to have a different approach to things and as you mentioned like because of the rise of ai that gets like pushed under the rug and people are not even aware of that so i think that's one of the biggest issues that i guess we have to overcome as an industry and it really places the responsibility on us brand strategists brand builders designers to pull that out of the people that we work with of our clients like really make them see that you're not meant to be fit into a box or you're much so much more than a caption template or an email template like what is your voice and like let's bring that out so yeah that's what i think um people should be more aware of um should be more wary of i love what you said about bringing the personality and the unique experiences out so much more because i think that that's something i've seen rising in the brand building space is i think i'm right in saying that we both work with smaller businesses mm-hmm. and i think the rise of the personality like personal brands within brands is becoming much more prevalent because it is about creating that uniqueness and the I think when you get down to the root of it the only way to like truly be unique in any kind of space is to bring 100% of you to it because there is literally like you know it's that funny thing but there's literally nobody else that is you and I think that bringing that out is one of the more easy way let's say to really start bringing out the personality and uniqueness behind your brand for sure for sure yeah you don't have to be unique you just have to be yourself yeah which I think is so much nicer like it takes away the pressure of like oh how can I find you know it's not just how can I figure out a way to be unique it's embodying the uniqueness that you already have yeah like how can I be more myself like who am I really because like that in itself is something that no other person has yeah and again, like we said, it's it's the deep work that takes some time, but it's sure. 100% worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. So I would love to talk about your multi-sensory approach to branding, which I think is really, yeah. really fascinating. So can you walk us through a little bit of what this entails and how it kind of translates into creating more like authentic brands? Yeah. Yeah. So Personally, I take on a multi-sensory approach to branding, especially in my work with health and wellness entrepreneurs, where I invite my clients to think of their brand as a tangible experience and really consider how people feel, what people see, what scenarios play in their minds as they encounter my clients' brands. So we do this by creating messaging, you know, written with words and phrases that have texture that you can sort of like feel and picture you know visuals that you could almost touch that that really like creates a certain imagery in your mind versus you know just again like generic templates or like digitized versions of like your brand identity or photos you know stuff like that or even you know like creative executions that are interactive and exciting and pushes forward the values that the brands stand for so For example, let's say you own a luxury spa. So a question that I would ask or I would want my clients to think about is how do you bring that 
physical experience in a luxury spa to the digital space, to your brand that will create a more immersive and memorable encounter for your business. So how do we pull out those pieces or like pieces of that experience and sprinkle it across different touch points? So for example, let's say the music that you use in Reels would allude to nature sounds or like the the colors of your website or your digital posts also create a very serene and airy feel. You know, even the words that you use, there are certain words that sound light, that, that sound luxurious, eloquent, elevated. And there are certain words that have a bit more energy, dynamic, you know, happy. So employing these decisions in creating the brand experience, I feel like really creates an emotional connection with your audience and therefore forges deeper relationships with the people that you know you're really meant to serve yeah it's so much deeper than surface level and I think that that is one of the ways that we can like truly start to connect with people in a world where yeah. connection is becoming ever more <laughs> difficult yeah to, like truly break through like whether it's the volume of content you know just through a scroll on your phone, you can see thousands of posts in a very short space of time and trying to actually connect with people through that can be really, really difficult. So like you said, evoking yeah. emotion is the definitely the most impactful way to do that. And I yeah. love the ways that you just spoke about doing that, even just through like the, the nuances of the wording and the messaging. Yeah. And I guess to add to, you know, what you said, I think the reason I started doing this approach is because I noticed a lot of consumers are also fatigued by what they see. And so they become numb to different stimuli because, you know, for example, the the brand voice doesn't match the audio used in a reel, but that person just used that audio because it's a trending audio and then Instagram tells you to use trending audio so that it pushes your content. Or, you know, the expressions and phrases, calls to action that they use is something that they pulled from a template, but it doesn't match, you know, the visual identity or the design of their, the brand. And so it feels because the brand feels disjointed, sort of numbs people's reaction towards it. Like when people consume content, when people lurk through brands or encounter businesses, they don't necessarily want to think like they don't want to decipher oh, this person said this one, or maybe this is what she stands for. Like when a person encounters a brand, the best that you could do as an entrepreneur who really wants to build a relationship with your audience is to make it an easy experience for them. And so when you engage the senses in a very cohesive way, where the voice matches the sound of your reels, the imagery, the photos, every little touch point, it makes it more memorable in that it's quicker for them to understand what your brand is all about and therefore allows a natural relationship to transpire versus having to, to go through loops and, you know, like trying to figure out what do you, what your brand is all about and like why they should interact with your brand. I am quickly interrupting this episode to let you know that what we have been prepping for the last nine to 12 months, our semi-custom brand kits are finally live. So if you're finally ready to cross get branding done off your to-do list and are ready to have cohesive professional brand visual customized in-house, then these brand kits are truly for you. 
I am a huge advocate for giving clients everything they need to succeed and that is why when you purchase our brand kits, you don't just get a logo, you get a strategically designed suite of assets to help you show up confidently and consistently for your people. So that's logos, color palette, type suite, business card templates, Instagram templates, Pinterest templates, as well as brand boarding guidelines. Truly, this is everything that you need to finally show up and feel confident in your brand a fraction of the cost. If you want to learn more about these brand kits, head over to cecilcreativestudio.com forward slash brand kits. And as a loyal podcast listener, use the code podcast for 10% off your purchase of a brand kit. Now back to the episode. Yeah, your brand has to work so much harder to make the same impact if things are feeling disjointed. And I love the example that you put of like trending audios because it's a mistake I see all the time that like, and I think that there's such a nuance to this, like, you know, you can still use trending audios, but having a strong brand, just vibe and message and the the whole scheme of knowing truly what your brand stands for and who you are, you can kind Mm -hmm. of use that as a framework to like use these other tools and use these other things that people are saying to do. Like, yeah, trending audios are great. Like I'm not going to diss on trending audios. They work really well, but it's using that kind of framework that you've built around your brand to kind of check things against and say, you know, does this trending audio actually fit my brand? No. Okay. Let's try this that really does it's just yeah using tactics but maybe using them in a way that is actually authentic to your brand yeah and with more intention and meaning you know like just having that mindfulness and like what building blocks and like what pieces are you putting into your brand to ensure that the image of your brand in people's head is what you would want them to think about your brand as well yeah exactly it's I love what you said that intention is so important So I think it's safe to say that there is no getting away from AI. Like I did my dissertation back in, I think it was 2018. And my dissertation was about basically whether AI can replicate creativity, which was somewhat an off the radar topic back then, especially Uh when I was at fashion school, they were kind of like, what are you talking about? But but now it's very much mainstream. Mm -hmm. This is much more talked about topic. It's something that so many more business owners pretty much use on a weekly yeah. basis and given the prevalence of AI I'd love to know your kind of take on how you think businesses can make AI work for them in a way that enhances personalization rather than losing that kind of connection and personal touch mm, yeah yeah absolutely I mean I used to be so against AI I'm like no I'm not gonna resort to a robot to think for me but then I mean we don't know the power of AI and I feel like it's only going to get more integrated, you know, from here on, like we can't escape from it. But the key thing to remember is it's artificial intelligent. And as the name suggests, it won't be there without human intelligence or like our input. So while I do think that it's going to play a big role in the future, I hope just people don't stop acknowledging and recognizing that they are the ones who hold the innovative ideas and the information that AI only collects from human insights. So I think when it comes to leveraging AI to really personalize the experience, like make the experience more human, people should treat AI as like a partner and not necessarily as something that replaces them. So for example, if someone is about to do market research, 
you could type in AI. Can you give me like what this group of people are struggling with? And then it gives you certain points, right? But don't stop there. Like actually go out and confirm that information, talk to people, reach out to actual people, like do interviews, do polls to really ensure that, you know, your your research and your findings are rooted, again, still in a human resource or like a very reli- more reliable resource than just data that AI feeds. And we know that AI isn't always updated, right? Like it gathers information from what is being put out there and we're not necessarily sure how factual that is or how reliable that is. So I guess it's the responsibility of brand builders and business owners to still resort to human beings as their main source of ideas, research, and insights. Yeah. Like you said, it's artificial intelligence. And Mm. one of the ways that I think that you can use AI to benefit you is using it as a partner, but bringing to the table what you know AI can't do, which is Mm. the nuances of being human. So if you wanted to create content, for example, which I know is something that a lot of people are using AI for, Mm -hmm. then, you know, provide it your like deeper experiences, like your actual life experiences and your actual thoughts. And like, there's still little nuances that an AI wouldn't typically know, and then use it to create content in that way. But don't expect it to create content with those nuances already because like we said it's artificial intelligence and it's not going to be able to provide those human experiences that will really connect with people yeah yeah absolutely and I think well what I do personally you know because I like I'm the type of person who really hates conformity again like I'm not an, an exception to it because sometimes I would also fall into trends you know unconsciously but I really make try to make the effort to ensure that I'm always enriching my mind, my thoughts, you know, like, and ensuring that that flows in the way that I run business, run my business in the way that I build brands. And so my approach currently with AI, chat GPT specifically, is, for example, I would write a prompt, and then it it gives me information, gives me data, it gives me like a caption, And I would actually treat that information as a challenge, you know, like thinking, okay, this is what's already out there. This is what AI gave. This is what so many people have access to. How can I go a level deeper? How can I go a level beyond? How can I challenge this thought and present it in a way that some people or like other people probably haven't thought of because AI is not feeding that. So that's how I see it right now. Like it's a personal challenge for me to again, like sharpen my mind, like enhance my thinking so that I could continue to deliver unique human-centered experiences to my clients and, you know, the people that I work with and in my own brand as well. Yeah, I love that so much. I'm definitely going to start employing that technique. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think the main way I use AI at the moment is brainstorming. And I've spoken about this on a previous podcast, but I... I love the the collaborative thinking when you get to just bounce ideas off people. But obviously when you work in a solo entrepreneur business, you don't have that ability. So that's my main thing that I use it for is like back and forth of like pulling, the way that you would like pull ideas out of yourself when you chat with someone, that kind of same back and forth. That's been like the fun way that I've been using it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, I I do that too. It, It creates a lot of space, you know, because 
some, I mean, as human beings, like we have a limit, we have a limit to mental capacity and energy. And so, for example, I feel like creatively excited or energetic, but like nothing is flowing. I would also use AI to sort of kickstart that as like a thought starter tool and then just get the ideas flowing. So it's definitely a good throwing back ideas at it. You know, if you don't have like an actual human being to, to speak to. It yeah. can fill in that role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that blank page blank page syndrome is a real thing, and it has definitely helped minimize that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that's what you call it, blank page syndrome. So finally, I would argue that creativity is the heart of branding. You know, creativity in positioning, mm-hmm. creativity in messaging, in service or product innovation. There's so many ways that I think creativity is so integral to the branding process, mm-hmm. and as AI has become, you know, more prevalent, so many people are seeing it as a threat to creativity. Like I said, I did my dissertation on that exact topic five years ago. And back then my answer was, could it recreate recreate creativity? Probably not. My answer, I think if I did the dissertation now might be a little bit different. (laughs) Um, I'm so curious to hear what your answer would be now. (laughs) Yeah, I it's definitely something that I think I would have a very different outcome on now that we've seen this progress in the last five years. But I would love to know how you see that entrepreneurs can kind of embrace AI as a tool that actually nurtures and amplifies their creative process rather than, you know, kind of seeing it as a threat to the creativity. Yeah. 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 I think as as I mentioned earlier, like it's really it's really a partner. So however you want AI to supplement your process, like by all means do that, but like never rely on AI to do the work for you. So as we were discussing earlier, for example, if you need to brainstorm ideas, if you need to bounce back ideas with someone (laughs) by means of, you know, AI, then use that as a starting point, but challenge yourself as well to fill in those gaps, fill in the gaps that AI hasn't covered. And like, same thing, like if AI presents you, like that's what I noticed, like AI often presents me ideas about branding that are generic and the same, can be a bit monotonous. Like the, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like the metaphors that AI uses, like I could, I when I see someone's caption, you know, with those metaphors, I could almost tell it's from ChatGPT. So you, I guess, as, as an entrepreneur or like as a, as a creative, use that to challenge your creativity. Like how could you, how could you not sound like AI? How could, as we were discussing earlier and mentioned earlier, like how could you be more yourself, you know, by using AI as a starting point? So I guess it's also like a mirror that helps you, that allows you to, or like reflects back ideas that that can stimulate your own thought process and your own creativity as well so it's really seeing that like seeing it as a tool and as a partner but never something that replaces your creativity yeah I think that's such a great question to kind of wrap this up on is that like how can you sound less like AI and more like yourself Mm, yeah Um, I think will be a question that people should be focusing a lot more on in the next coming years as we see this kind of roll out across more and more platforms I mean even the space of the last year has been crazy so I'm definitely intrigued to see where it goes next yeah yeah for sure (laughs) 
Well, thank you so, so much for coming on today. I loved chatting with you about this. Me too. It's been really, really insightful. I love having this conversation and hopefully people, you know, get insights from it because it's, 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 it's an evolving conversation, you know, human-centered brands and AI. And yeah, hopefully we see an online space where people feel empowered by AI. And by that, I mean like empowered to be more themselves, empowered to be more authentic and not necessarily threatened by AI. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Emily. It was wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening to this podcast episode all the way to the end. I truly appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to encourage you to leave a review as this helps us grow and reach more like-minded individuals. Plus, if you have feedback, episode ideas or questions, or would just like to connect further, please find me on Instagram at Cecile Creative Studio, shoot me a DM and let me know you're listening. Until next time, friend, I'm cheering you on.